Good day and welcome to today's Doctor and Your House podcast. Today I am going to talk about the influenza, also known as flu, and I'm going to talk about the two children I saw in my office recently, how they presented, in other words, what symptoms they had and what I did to make a diagnosis of flu and how I managed them. So these are two kids. One is about 10 months old. The other one is about nine years old, I think. So let's go through these these symptoms of how the kids presented. But the bottom line is that the flu is here in the United States where I practice. And it's going to be here for a long time. So parents should watch out for flu and flu symptoms. So let's jump into the into the examples. A father brought ten month old child with complaints of fever noticed since he woke up. He also has a runny nose and a slight cough, the father said. Upon further discussion with the father, I learned that on Christmas Day a family who had cold and cough visited the infant and his family. But for some strange reasons the infant was the only sick person in the house. He had not gotten any flu vaccines and uh, he was neither vomiting nor had any diarrhea. So the story is that when the father felt him warm in the morning when he woke up, he gave him some Tylenol and then called my office. When I saw the dad and the child, my first question was, where is mom? I usually ask this question if I don't see mothers. Well, the father said uh, the mom is at her job this morning, so she couldn't come, which is an important information to know if you're in a private practice because you want to make sure mom is around as well and knows what's going on. So in the office, I took the infant's temperature, the 10-month-old temperature, and it was 102, 102 degrees Fahrenheit. And what I do was I observe the child briefly. I normally do that just to have a general idea of how a child is doing when they're sick. And I came to the conclusion that he was somewhat irritable and clinging to his father. Next thing I did was I listened over his chest with my stethoscope to check his lungs, listening for any evidence of pneumonia, which I did not see. Then I looked into his ears to check whether he had an ear infection, which might be contributing to the fever. He did not. I did not bother looking into his throat because it wouldn't help me in finding what is going on with the child. I surveyed his skin for rash, but there was none. So basically, this is a 10-month-old brought by father, who father said woke up in the morning with fever, slight cold and cough, running nose, and slightly irritable. And so when I was examining the baby, during the process of examining the baby, the father suggested that I did a COVID test on the baby. Unfortunately, I did not have any COVID test kit in my office. So the father and I discussed using at-home COVID-19 test if he wanted to test the kid for COVID-19. The only thing I noticed beside the fever and the clinginess is that the infant had some crusty nasal discharge. In other words, the kid had some slight runny nose. I can see the mucus coming from the nostrils. So I did a flu test by swabbing his nostrils with a swab stick. It's very easy, the rapid flu test. 
and in less than five minutes, a Godric resolve, the child, if 10 months old, has is positive for flu A, I told the dad. So in addition to counseling, the father to give the infant the right amount of Tylenol, which he had not, also decided to prescribe Tamiflu, which is common medicine used for treating flu. I also advised the father to maintain a good nasal hygiene and clean infant nasal secretions regularly. I reminded him to offer as much fluid as possible to keep the child hydrated and to make extra effort to feed him as much as he can. As usual, which is usually my recommendation, is to give the child a warm bath and suction his nostrils and to make him comfortable. Dad was supposed to get back to me the next day if the child is not getting better, but I did not get a call back which tells me the child improved with my management. The next day was a child. Nine-year-old brought by father because the child has cough and fever since the previous day. Like the infant described earlier, the family had a Christmas get-together recently, two days ago, and some of the family members who attended were sick. Someone in their midst had a cough, said the father, but this child was the only person who had gotten sick so far. The father said that the nine-year-old woke up in the morning burning up and that he gave some ibuprofen. He had no appetite, and he had not eaten anything. He threw up when the family tried to encourage him to eat. This particular child had no fever when I saw him, because he had taken some Motrin at home before he came. He was, however, very constantly coughing and wanting to lie down on the exam table, a sign that he was fatigued. Again, like the infant I shared with you earlier on, I also found that he had some dry, loose mucus in his nostrils, from which I took some samples to test for flu. Before the test result, I discussed with Fada that his son could have any of the prevailing viruses, the big three, the flu, or the RSV, or the COVID-19, but that I currently had the flu test in my office. So I ran a flu, a rapid flu test on the nine-year-old, and again, this child tested positive for flu A and like the other 10 months I saw I prescribed Tamiflu and Tylenol and some cough medicine and told him to wear a mask drink plenty of fluid wash his hands frequently and take warm showers a couple of times a day that is usually my prescription for our children of this age that have influenza symptoms some clinicians might choose not to prescribe Tamiflu as I did in the two cases I described. Why? Because every clinician has a certain standard they follow based on their experience and their gut feelings. Doctors' gut feelings also determine how they manage their own patients. So in summary, I've uh, shared two patients who came to my office recently with fever, runny nose, and cough for a couple of days before their parents brought them. And when I tested both of them, they were positive for flu A. I used the rapid influenza test and I was able to get the results in um, less than five minutes. And rapid flu test is done using a swab stick to collect some secretions from the child nostril and run a, a small test in the test kit. And the two, two patients were positive for Influenza A, 
and I gave both of them Tamiflu. And I think they did very well because I did not hear from their parents next day or the following day. So I assume they did very well. But then the important thing here is that those two kids were exposed to family members who gathered around them during the Christmas period. There was a family member who was sick with cold and cough and probably passed on the flu virus to those children. So what does that say is to be mindful of gathering together, especially during the flu season, and to be mindful of family members who are sick because that's how the influenza virus spread from one person to the other through droplets, secretions from other people. And when other people get in contact with materials like the tables, books, furnitures, things around the house, doorknobs that contaminated with flu virus. Both children had cough, running nose, and fever. The nine-year-old was fatigued and could hardly stay standing up. So when he came in, he was just eager to lie down on the exam table until I was done with him. So flu can cause a lot of fatigue in, in children. The important thing to know is that it is hard, clinically hard, to differentiate the symptoms of the flu virus from that of COVID-19 virus or that of RSV virus, which is a respiratory syncytial virus. So to differentiate those big three, you have to do a test, a rapid test. Now, tell parents, if they want to know exactly what virus their child has, a good place to go would be urgent care. And also tell them it's good to, if you're going to urgent care with the intention of knowing exactly what virus your child has, to sometimes call them beforehand and make sure they have the test kits to run the test for those three big viruses. There are other viruses which can also cause cold, cough, and fever in children. Some of them are not even worth testing for. Things like adenovirus or parainfluenza virus are some of the viruses that are not commonly tested. But basically, the management is almost the same to supportive care, good nasal and hand hygiene, giving adequate amount of Tylenol or ibuprofen or fever-reducing medicines if the child has fever. And in the case of flu virus, if the symptoms warrant it or if the child present early to give them Tamiflu. And of course, well hydration and offer food and drink as much as the child could tolerate without forcing the child. It is always good to stay in contact with your child's pediatricians when your child has flu virus to, especially if the child is not getting better. If the child is not getting better after being diagnosed with flu virus, it could be that he might have developed some complications. Some of the common complications that can come as a result of flu virus include otitis media, which is an ear infection. Pneumonia is also a common complication that can result from flu virus. And that is why when in those two children, what I did was I looked into their ears 
and I also listen over their lungs in both of them just to make sure there is no ear infection complicating the, the flu virus or make sure there's no pneumonia complicating the flu virus. So those are common complications which parents should worry about, especially if the if their child's symptoms are not getting better after they've been diagnosed with flu. Other things to watch for is wheezing. Some of these viruses, the flu virus, could trigger wheezing in their child, especially those who have asthma. It could also trigger new onset wheezing in children. So if a child is constantly coughing, it's also good to get them re-examined by their pediatrician to make sure they don't have wheezing, which could be triggered by these viruses, the flu virus. And of course, there are times when kids need to be in emergency room following diagnosis of flu virus. Infants, especially young children that are not getting better, or children with underlying medical conditions such as asthma, if they're not getting better, children who are not drinking, and children with persistent fever should also go to the emergency room to exclude other infections that may also occur in addition to the flu virus. There's nothing preventing other bacterial infection superimposing on the flu virus or the influenza. So kids who have persistent fever, poor appetite or underlying diseases might or should go to the emergency room to be worked up more through blood test, chest x-ray, to make sure there's nothing more dangerous, serious infection that is that has occurred in addition to the influenza virus. Just because a child is diagnosed with influenza virus doesn't mean that is the only thing they have, especially if they're not getting better. So there are occasions when children have to go to the emergency room to, for further diagnosis and management of their influenza or flu infection. Preventing flu infection or minimizing the, the severity of the disease, getting a flu vaccine is a good way to, to minimize the seriousness of uh, influenza or flu. So I will advise parents to take their children to, to the pediatrician to be immunized or to the pharmacy. Some pharmacy give uh, flu vaccines. Parents as well so that they are protected from the flu. And moreover, family members who are sick should stay home and not mix with the larger family or participate in a family function until they get better. And when kids are sick from the flu virus, they should not go back to school until they get better. I don't clear them to go back to school until they stop coughing, and, of course, the fever goes down and the parents are comfortable sending them to school. The reason is to prevent them from infecting other children with the flu virus because it's very contagious, especially through sneezing, coughing, and contaminated uh, surfaces like uh, desk, books, doorknobs, and so on and so forth. So you can see the flu virus is here to stay. United States, and it might get worse as we go through the cold seasons, but there are ways to prevent getting infected, and there are ways to 
minimize the seriousness of the disease of the flu virus illness when somebody contracts it. The way to prevent the disease is not expose children to family members who are sick. And of course, like we said, the way to minimize the seriousness is to get flu vaccines administered. In any case, most pediatricians are able to make a diagnosis of flu either from clinical judgment or taking a rapid flu test in their practice to have a definitive diagnosis. And to repeat, these symptoms and signs of flu virus might not be easily differentiated from that of COVID-19 infection or RSV infections. So the best way to tell for parents who want to know is to have your kids tested for the viruses. If your kids, pediatrician, don't have the kids to test for the flu viruses, urgent care will be a logical place to go. And of course, parents who want to test their kids for COVID-19 should also purchase the kits from the from the pharmacy stores or any other stores if they don't already have that and test their kits for COVID-19. So thank you so much for listening. I hope I've added some knowledge to your understanding of how flu presents in children and what symptoms that children usually have when they have flu and how the pediatricians could make a diagnosis and what treatment the kids need and when to take the kids to the next level of either going to urgent care or to the emergency room, especially if they're not getting better. Thank you so much, and please share the podcast with uh, your friends. Thank you.